0: Shawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Sean Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Say play ESPN on your smart speakers. Turn on ESPN2, download the podcast. Just open your window and listen. Sometimes we talk loud enough.
1: <laughs> What's
0: going on? Good morning, guys. What up, baby?
1: I saw that backdrop. I was waiting for the snow.
2: It's coming. Oh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Saturday. It's
1: coming. <laughs> It's been coming since Monday,
2: well, it's been coming since it's been coming
1: yeah, it does seem it
0: does seem to <laughs> like they predicted all this snow, just thinking that like at some point this winter it's going to snow a lot, so we'll be right eventually.
1: That's well, why I came up to Bristol early so that I didn't get uh blocked out with the ice in the road, uh, N- nothing
2: so for the okie doke
1: you. exactly they. They pulled a fast one on me. <laughs> <laughs> Fell for the hokey doke
2: Hey, I, I we'll give Evan Wilner credit for this our producer because they should make the weather channel into like a gambling network. It would be Ooh. it would be a great thing.
3: Or or uh mm. embrace debate and just you just have two meteorologists who just argue for 2 hours about what the weather is going to be. Like, see, I told you three years ago we were going to have the biggest nor'easter in 2022. Now I'm telling you it's going to be 2023. There. It's going to be, it's going to be coming. I'm telling you, it's going to happen this weekend. We're going to have the biggest nor'easter. You got to tune Evan, in on it's Monday. Not I'll tell you, gonna, it's not an see, either or. It's not
1: an either or. You, you go. got see something Max. There. is right
3: in there. He's, that's
1: perfect. We cast you, Max. Get in there, Max. You're the weather guy for the yes. debate. No, you could have, the, you
0: gamble on it. You have debates <laughs> yes. about it, the pregame, the whole thing. Then, like, when the event actually happens, if it starts to snow or something, that's the game. (laughs) It works. You got
3: Max Jumps on Twitter. I told you so. I've been telling you for years. I've been telling you for
0: years. (laughs) You can't trust
3: the Northeast in April. We're going to get
0: snow. (laughs) It's like my Brady prediction. Eventually, it's going to snow. All right. David Kaplan from ESPN 1000, guys, told us the coaching hire for Justin Fields be the single biggest decision in the history of the Chicago Bears. That was not a hard argument to make. I found it persuasive. Mm-hmm. I, I was arguing on first take, uh, you know, before the last draft. Move up and get Justin Fields if you're the Bears. You've never had a good quarterback mm-hmm. in my lifetime. What are you kidding? So they grab Justin Fields. Obviously, it's not the right situation. Jay has been screaming that from the mountaintops, you know, since forever. Okay. Clean house. Let's go get him a coach. Key? Key? They hire Eberflus, who is a defensive guy. So now the OC hire is what, Key, for the Chicago Bears?
1: It's the most important hire of this organization in a very, very long time. It's not not even the head coach because you didn't hire an offensive mind. See, I wanted Jim Caldwell because of the experience. The resume speaks for itself. You look at his record. He's won two Super Bowls as an assistant. One with the Baltimore Ravens and Joe Flacco as as the offensive play caller. Okay, the offensive play caller, which is the offensive coordinator. He won one with the Indianapolis Colts as assistant head coach under Tony Dungy. He took a team to a Super Bowl, lost to the New Orleans Saints. But he took a team to a Super Bowl. Then... You look at what he was able to do in Detroit. Detroit. Do I need to say it again? They haven't sniffed the playoffs since they fired Coach Caldwell. By the way, look at his record in Detroit. With that being said, he also knows how to coach quarterbacks and build a staff. So they decided that that wasn't going to be the case. They were going to go to defense. Probably the interview. Probably the That's going to be the running theme now, right? (laughs) And so (laughs) – Now you hire a defensive-minded coach, and defensive-minded coaches have built staffs before. You can point to Buffalo, and and you can point to Brandon Beam and, and what they've been able to do up there at the general manager spot is saying Sean McDermott's the guy, but he hired the right guy in Brian Dable, but they also drafted the right quarterback to get things turned around. They've got to hire the right offensive coordinator just like that. They've got to hire the guy that knows what to do with a young, talented player like Justin Fields. If they don't build the right staff, Justin Fields' career will go just like Mitch Trubisky's win in Chicago. Nowhere. They don't hire the right offensive line coach, the right play caller, an experienced guy in my opinion. I understand that Jay, Max, they're looking at guys that may have certain titles, quarterback coach or, or connected to Sean McVay but no experience at calling plays in the National Football League. See, calling plays in the National Football League is different than calling them in high school. Mm. So that's the most important hire.
2: Max, can can I rewind it back a little bit here? So I remember when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn had the opportunity to hire a coach. Obviously, they were very involved with Sean Marks and with the Cy family and choosing who that coach is going to be. And they decided to go with Steve Nash. Now, I knew that was coming. Stephen A. and I got into a battle that day on the set because Stephen A. felt they should have hired or given an opportunity to a black head coach within the NBA. Now, I I know there to be a lot of African-American head coaches in the NBA. I do not know that to be the case in the NFL considering there's one right now, Mike Tomlin, even though we know that there are more in the pipeline to come. And this conversation around race and the sensitivities around it always create a lot of stir uh, whenever the conversation is brought up. And I feel for him for the position that he's in, but I, I, I do believe there was a missed opportunity there. And it's not to take anything away from ever and and his opportunity, what he could bring to the table for the Bears. But when Ryan Pohl is in the position that he's in, there was a big part of me, that was hoping that he would take a swing for a guy like an Eric Bieniemy, or a guy like a Brian Flores or giving a guy an opportunity, because we said this yesterday, man, hire with intent. There are qualified black candidates out there, and it puts him in a precarious situation, but he's able to afford somebody an opportunity, and I feel like it was a missed opportunity. I know it's going to rub people the wrong way, but honestly, I don't give a damn, man. Like, you have to take swings on people and give opportunities. And I know he's young and he's in this position for the first time, but I do feel like it was a missed opportunity. See, I I don't... I know it's a tough thing to articulate and have an opinion on. No,
1: it's not a tough thing to to have an opinion on or articulate at all. I think when you look at it, you don't have to hire somebody that looked like you because you feel a certain way. What Ryan Pohl has to understand is that he is in the position that he is in now because people fought for him to be in that position as a general manager in a front office executive because there are not very many in the National Football League, more than it was before in the general manager space, but not to a point where you look at Ozzie Newsome when he was the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens. Ozzie Newsome never hired a black head coach. He hired the right head coach, so he was delivering championships. Mm-hmm. wasn't that he didn't want to hire a black coach. He just hired the right coach. But if you made the decision and Ryan Poe made the decision that he was going to listen to his owners, presidents of teams, and just interview Brian Flores and Jim Caldwell and not seriously consider them, which, in my opinion, they're way more qualified. That's my point. But I also got to remind myself this. Just because he's hired as a general manager doesn't mean that he's running the show. Doesn't mean that he's running the show. Got to remind and yourself, Ted of that.
2: Phillips and McCaskey. In the end, yeah,
1: because I, I understand. If I was the general manager, ain't nowhere in the world I would pass on Jim Caldwell, an experienced head coach with a track record.
2: And Keith, just know I'm, I'm, I'm always about works. hiring the most qualified person. I just think, I think Jim Caldwell was the most qualified person for the job. It's Absolutely, I do think that. It's interesting when you think
0: about it, guys. <clears throat> Discrimination which affects African-Americans, you know, right? When people talk about white privilege, that's because one group has been, uh, has been raised above another, right? That discrimination results in a situation where if you are one of the few African-American executives, Jay, you may feel, rightly, that it's, there is an additional... I don't want to say burden, but responsibility to exercise your power in the service of doing the right thing, right? Absolutely. But think about the fact that then we're also saying that that GM is also, I don't want to say handcuffed, but should have their options limited in a way that the other
1: GMs don't. You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. And and I was talking – and I was talking to somebody this morning as I was coming to work about Ryan pole's position of power and what he should have done. And they said to me, well, it's a first time general manager, you know, do you, do, do you blame him for that? I said, you know what, man, if I'm put in the position of power like that, I'm going to exercise that power and I'm going to hire somebody that looked like me that is qualified to do the damn job. There are enough Period. candidates
0: to choose from. There Period. Are, there and are
2: enough that's, candidates I'll really to choose quickly, from. be really quickly because I know we have to go to yeah. break. My thing is this, is this is one of those situations where it was the best of both worlds. Not only could you make that decision, and it's just not any random black candidate, but you had one there who was qualified in Jim Caldwell who brought the experience to the table. That's what I feel like the missed opportunity was.
3: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. It's Grim, be the Grim Reaper. Go get it. Go get it.
4: We definitely don't want to lose to the same team twice. That'll give you a long offseason to think about. Burrow
0: out of the shotgun. is going to go deep right for Chase. He's got it. Touchdown, Cincinnati.
1: Oh, that one was fun. Whenever it seems improbable, you know that Joe Burrow and the weapons around him are going to do something.
0: Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN 2. On the ESPN app, say play ESPN on your smart speakers. It pops right up. Download the podcast. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas joins us now, ESPN football analyst.
1: Good morning, Harry.
4: Good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? Key, What's you can see it, baby? me, baby. I'm on my TVU.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'll check out the helmets behind you, the hardware. I was trying to read the hardware, but you know, <laughs> I, they, they had to zoom in on me. They didn't zoom in yet.
2: He don't got his bifocals on, you know?
1: <laughs> Jay, I'm so, you don't what? need to chime you you gotta in. You got to put his contacts in. You don't need on the show. I can I chime in. I don't wear glasses, Jay. I have good eyes. Robin Cohn stiffening there in the
0: eyeballs. <laughs> We're going to get to the AFC championship game in a second. Harry, the Bears hired Matt Eberflus to be their next head coach. We just had a conversation about the responsibility of an African-American GM like Ryan Poles to – hire a black head coach, to put it bluntly, right? Um, We also entertain the possibility, maybe, as Key suggested, maybe the ultimate decision didn't rest with him. But where are you on that issue?
4: Um, I think – I'll tell you all, first and foremost, I think it's a shame that we actually got to have a rule in place for minorities to be able to be hired in certain positions – offensive coordinator, head coaches uh, in the National Football League. And I look at a guy like Eric Biennemi, who I think is more than qualified to be a head coach in the National Football League, but yet he's not one yet. Um, I thought when it came to the head coaching job in Chicago, with Justin Fields being an offensive guy and a franchise quarterback, I thought it was right to have an offensive guy. Um, I thought Jim Caldwell, Eric Biennemi, or Brian Dables should have got that job in Chicago. Now. Um, There's nothing. I'm not going to knock the guy who, who who got the head coaching job. Now, I think the most important thing, the billion dollar question now is who is he going to hire as his offensive coordinator to develop Justin Fields? Because that, that's the most important thing uh, right now when it comes to Chicago and that organization.
1: Yeah, Harry, it, it is the most important thing to get the offensive coordinating position, right? There's no question about it. Um, when you when you look at it, who who do you think? they should make a run at as far as the offensive coordinators go. That's around and candidates in the national football league or college.
4: I'll tell you this. I'll tell you a name that a lot of people, um, isn't mentioning. And I think he, he he interviewed, uh, for a job down there in Miami is a guy named Thomas Brown. He's the running backs coach, um, with the Rams and the assistant head coach. He's a guy who knows that system inside and out. And I think, uh, when I talk to a lot of people in the Rams organization, they speak very highly of him. I know Sean McVay loves Thomas Brown as well. So I think he's a guy not only for that job, but can be a good OC in the national football league period or head coach. I just think he's that good.
2: Uh, HD. I I want you to take a listen to what Sean Payton yesterday on the Dan Patrick show had to say Uh, to set this up. Dan was having Sean practice being an analyst and Sean spent too much time breaking down the Chiefs' 13-second game-tying drive, that led to this interaction. So then, ask me the, the end of the Cowboys' game, and let me see if I can do this better.
0: Okay. What did the Cowboys do wrong in this situation?
2: Well, look, they're trying to get in field. They're trying to get in touchdown range, and they ran a draw. We typically would throw a pass and down, down. Ultimately, I think two further, two more steps for Dak. Uh, he's got to slide a little quicker. He's up. Ball has to go to the umpire, then let's go. Um, we can never hand the ball to the center. Harry, what do you make of Sean Payton asking to be asked about the Dallas Cowboys situation?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hilarious, but he's right. I said the same thing uh, on you know, on primetime radio on Sunday. Uh, not this past Sunday, but when it transpired, is that normally in those situations, uh, we have practiced throwing the ball to a receiver there so you're not taking up that much time, and him sliding um, uh, a lot faster than Dak decided to slide, therefore you have a second or two left on that clock. You, you can't run a quarterback draw. I, I don't think that's the right play. You have receivers, and if everybody's on the same page, uh, you had a tight end or a receiver who, who could just turn around and you just hit him with the ball. That way he can just slide instantly. But... Like you said, I don't ever remember practicing giving the ball to the center either. We always practice giving the ball to the referee. You see,
2: Harry, I think this is genius because I think this is Sean Payton having an opportunity to say – no, this is how I would coach the Dallas Cowboys. And here's how every time he talks about the Dallas Cowboys, considering that he was one of the first ones a while ago to tie him to the Cowboys as a potential opportunity if Mike McCarthy doesn't get it done this year, I think it continues to build up that narrative about what if Sean Payton were to actually have a chance to
4: coach the boys. Yeah, uh, Harry, it's, it's Yeah, funny. Mike, McCar- funny. Mike McCarthy has one year. He has he has one year to get right. He has one year. And if he doesn't do it, and if there's iffiness in, in, in that situation, then Sean Payton is sitting there in the holster. Now, everything that happens with Dallas in their office is going to be like, what if Sean Payton was the coach right now? Mm-hmm. What would be happening? And uh, playing against Sean Payton for so, for so long here in Atlanta, that Atlanta uh, ver- versus the uh, New Orleans rivalry, he's a guy who's going to bring his A game every day. He's going to put that time in, and he's going to have those guys in the right position to be successful.
1: Harry, You played the position of receiver, so you know receivers very well. Which receiver you admire most that's left in the playoffs? Is it Cooper Cup? Is it Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill? Uh, Like, who do you kind of look at and go, damn, he fire?
4: (laughs) For for me, Key, um, I I think it's two people. I think it's Debo Samuel and I think it's Jamar Chase. Uh, no knock against everybody else who's still playing, but when you look at Jamar Chase, he, he, he's just a guy, man, that you, you have to game plan for in every situation. They hand the ball off to him. Uh, you leave him one-on-one, you're basically dead in the water. We already seen what happens when, when Kansas City decided to, to play man coverage against him. He hit him for 260-plus. But then when you look at Debo Samuel, a guy who can line up in the backfield, who can be a running back, he can be a wide receiver, you can put him back on returns. He can do a a multiplicity of different things that hurt hurt you defensively. So when you're trying to game plan and you're a defensive coordinator for a guy like Debo Samuel, I know you're probably pulling your hair out and thinking like, damn, I I don't know how we're going to stop it, but we got to try some kind of way.
0: Harry Douglas, ESPN football analyst. Harry, Joe Burrow, a couple weeks ago, was talking about the SEC, sorry, a couple months ago. The SEC is louder than the NFL. Hmm. And he did play in Death Valley. It's about as loud as it gets, but maybe not Arrowhead, right? And he did beat the Chiefs, but that crowd was for him in Cincinnati. Now he's going to Arrowhead, and that the loudest crowd in sports is going to not be trying to do him any favors. Who has the edge in Bengals Chiefs?
4: Uh, I'll say right now, well, first let me say this, he is not wrong. The SEC gets way louder than teams in the NFL. I think the loudest stadium in the NFL that comes close to the SEC uh, is the Superdome uh, down in New Orleans. That's the loudest I've, I've heard in the National Football League, and I've played in a lot of stadiums. So Joe Burrow's not he's not lying in that, in that sense. But when you look at as far as the advantage right now, I think it goes to the Kansas City Chiefs because they've been there, they've done it the longest. Uh, I'll tell you this, Steve Spagnoli, their defensive coordinator, he cannot come into this game saying that we're going to play man coverage like he did, especially on third and 20. He went cover zero and got hit for a first down, Jamar Chase. You can't do that, right? It's about playing smart football now. I understand that you want to stick to your guns and do what you you do normally, but in a game like this of that magnitude, you're going to have to alter some things. And if Tyron Matthew is not able to be out there on the football field, then the fish is going to be out there. The fish is, is Swanson they're going to attack him like no other. So you have to adjust some things uh, on your back end to make sure that Jamar Chase doesn't get off the way he did. But then you got you got Higgins, and then you have Boyd. You got uh, Uzama. You got so many different guys who can make plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. You have to alter your coverage. You just can't go in and say we're going to play bad coverage all day long because the same thing is going to happen to you that happened to you beforehand.
1: You know what's so funny, though, Harry? You played in the National Football League in the in the, in the Dome and – loud and cranked up in the whole deal, and Joe Burrow played in the SEC, big-time football, crazy, all that, cocktail parties, the whole deal. But here's what I'm going to say to Joe. You are going to Arrowhead, buddy, and it is cold, and it's a little bit different in the SEC. Drunk in the SEC before games is a little bit different than drunk professionally (laughs) in Kansas City with the crowd noise. He will experience (laughs) something different. He certainly will. And he will talk about it after the game.
0: And, guys, I said it was uh, from a couple months ago. By the way, he repeated it at the press conference two days ago. He repeated the claim that he made in October at the press conference, Mm. Joe Burrow did, about the SEC versus the NFL two days ago. You got to give it to him, Harry. The dude is not scared.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Max, I love his edginess, right? I love the edge that he plays with. Uh, within interviews, when he's walking around in everyday life, when he's in the huddle, when he's on the football field. And I think this football team, the Cincinnati Bengals, even though Joe Burrow's in his second year, they've really taken on his attitude. And when your leader can be like that, man, everything else is going to fall in suit. But I will tell you, Key, mm-hmm. playing an Arrowhead, you can cry that, that crowd down uh, pretty fast. Oh. Trust me. Mm.
2: Oh. Mm. Okay, Ooh. HD, I see you. You certainly certainly can
1: but if they get up and that chop chop get to going oh yeah uh, oh man it's gonna go crazy on that
0: mic drop on that harry douglas mic drop we're gonna get out of here harry great to talk to you thanks for jumping on with us all right
2: harry now thank you guys
0: it's Keyshawn, j will and max is presented by progressive insurance one player has a chance to cement a Hall of Fame resume this Sunday, and it's not Patrick Mahomes. What's up? This is four downs. All right, guys, let's get to it. Four downs. Joe Burrow. On the crowd noise from two days ago, the Joe Burrow on the crowd noise at Arrowhead.
2: You know,
3: in the SEC, every single week it seems like that. You know, every stadium is really loud. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, you know, this one is going to be similar.
0: You know, we expect it to be really loud. We're talking about it throughout the week. You know, we're going to have to be great with our communication, our nonverbal communication, just like every week on the road. Um, all right, the Bengals are. and on the road this season, including last week's win over the top-seeded Titans in Nashville. Can the Bengals protect Joe Burrow with all the noise that they're going to be dealing with?
1: Well, that's going to be their biggest problem right there, Max. Can they protect him when you think about some of the things that they can do defensively with Frank Clark? With Ingram, Chris Jones in the middle. If Honey Badger plays, who's questionable right now, the blitzing out of the secondary. He blitzes the most on that defense. He gets after the quarterback. We saw what happened to Joe Burrow last week against the Tennessee Titans. Knocked down 13 times and sacked nine. So, we'll see.
2: Yeah, that nine sacks was a season high. Look. They've allowed zero sacks just twice this season. Keeping him vertical is imperative. Plus, when the situation is maxed, like when it's third and three and you're just outside field goal range where sacks can mean a punt, but a first down gets you in scoring range or in the red zone when you want to convert that drive into a touchdown instead of a field goal, I I think these are going to be critical moments throughout the course of the game where that O-line is going to have to dig deep and protect Joe Barrow and keep him vertical in order for them to win the game.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I don't think they are going to win. And I think it's going to be a mess. And yet somehow, I'll bet you, it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Like, it just it has that feeling to me. Uh, Cincinnati got a lot of weapons, but it's a whole lot to ask for them to deal with all that. Speaking of the Chiefs being at home, this is becoming familiar for KC. Here is Patrick Mahomes on hosting. Hosting a fourth straight AFC championship game. Arrowhead's pretty loud. Uh, I don't think you can get around that, and uh, I'm sure it'll be pretty loud this weekend. Uh, they're a great football team. They're, they're coming in, uh, trying to trying to win a, f- a big football game, uh, but I'm glad we're at Arrowhead, and we have a chance to use our crowd to our advantage on on trying to find a way to get a win. Guys, um, he's playing at home again. He's only been in the league for four seasons, like wait, five seasons, but four seasons as a starter, f- hosting for the fourth straight Time, you know, you guys make fun of me and others who said he's he's the Michael Jordan of football. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm I'm I haven't gone anywhere on that key. He combines all the eye popping, oh my god, with all the numbers
1: and the winning already. Done a lot of winning, key. Yeah, it it you you think about it for four straight AFC championship games and not even having the number one seed this year. We all figured he was going to Tennessee to play the Tennessee Titans, the Cincinnati Bengals roll in there. It's a wrap.
2: Key, would this be a disappointment or a failure if the Chiefs don't win a Super Bowl?
1: More of a disappointment, not a failure.
2: See, I, I would go, I would go failure, guys. When, when I think about the top quarterbacks in the league, I go Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, right? And every time that they don't win a Super Bowl, it's a failure. Especially if they lose this game, Max. If they get swept by the Bengals to a second-year quarterback coming off a year in which he played half the season last year where he tore his ACL at home, that's a failure. Like, that should always be the expectation for this Chiefs team winning Super Bowls. I agree. I mean, Tom Brady came up short. Aaron Rodgers
0: straight-up failed. 14 points gets it, and and the expectations are absolutely no different from Mahomes. In fact, Jay, I think they're higher for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Then in the and NFC championship. Yeah, Then for everybody. I think the highest expectations for Mahomes, you know why? I think deep down inside, we all know Mahomes is the best.
2: I don't know if they're high. Who would you rather have? It might be on have? par with Aaron
0: Rodgers. I think they're above it might Rodgers. Be on par with Aaron Rodgers. Playoffs are here. Who do you want, Mahomes or Rodgers?
2: Well, obviously, yeah, you want Mahomes, but I mean, well, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, we're talking about the greatest talent to ever play the game, Second greatest. Yeah,
1: Aaron, Aaron, okay. Rogers, Aaron Rodgers had a, ba- a couple bad playoff games, man. Look at his... Playoff record and look at his statistics. Since that's what we do no in doubt. the playoffs, it, it, it speaks for itself. Let's not act as though Aaron Rodgers is in fire just because he came up short. No a doubt, but times. when we
0: talk about their careers, actually, Mahomes has won as many Super Bowls as Rodgers, and he's been to more, I, I and know. he's only in his fourth season easy, as a starter. Crazy.
1: It's easy right now in Aaron Rodgers' career. He's low-hanging fruit right now. Well, that's true. Be really, well, that's why yeah, you pick it, it's Keith.
0: Just, you know what this is. Oh, <laughs> God, You're in the key Then in the NFC the Championship game, Anfield. guys, Matt Stafford has a chance to go from just another guy to an entire different level of the Super Bowl appearance in his first season with the Rams. Here is Dan Orlovsky on first take on what a win would mean for Stafford.
2: If he plays the next two games like he has the last two games, the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, and he will be in the Hall of
3: Fame. He's going to end up his career as a top-ten passer in yards and touchdowns. And if he has the Super Bowl attached to it, he becomes a Super Bowl or a Hall of Fame-winning Super Bowl quarterback. Stephen A., there are seven quarterbacks in the
2: history of the NFL that went number one and won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If he does it, he would be one of eight. If he doesn't, he's just going to be another really, really,
3: really, really well, good quarterback.
0: What do you think he? What's a win mean for his legacy?
1: What would what would a, what would a win mean for Stafford's legacy? You know, I, I know he's put up big numbers in Detroit. I get all of that. I think it would it would be up for grabs. He won't be a first-ballot Hall of Famer, Mm. but I think he will potentially get into the Hall of Fame because there are guys. But Matthew Stafford was never known as the best quarterback in the National Football League. There was once upon a time a guy that's in the Hall of Fame that didn't win a Super Bowl in Dan Marino. But Dan Marino for 10 years was in that conversation as the best quarterback in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit different. I understand what Dan is saying. I don't disagree with him, but he's got to do a little bit more because it's a lot more on him because of all the trade stuff. So, you know, I'm trying to be nice.
2: You see, Max, I think getting to a Super Bowl would boost his legacy, and it starts to really ignite this narrative. And I've said this before. You know, if you're talking about .001% of the world having a chance to participate in the NFL, then .0000001% of that are people that no matter where they get drafted, they're going to make an impact on a team, right? Mm-hmm. For most people, it's about what organization you go to. And I find myself asking that question about Matthew Stafford more and more and more. What if this dude was with a strong organization from the beginning in his career? Could he have achieved exponentially more? Absolutely. And if he does that in his first year with the Rams, absolutely wow.
0: If he wins the Super Bowl, guys, he's a guy... Who you can say propped up a bad organization for over a decade? Yep, that's what I'm saying. Who exactly. had elite talent? Who like as t- in his arm? Who was drafted first? Had more fourth quarter comebacks than anyone over the course of his career and won a Super Bowl? He sails into the Hall of Fame if he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan spent time together on the Washington football team staff when Mm -hmm. Kyle was the OC for his dad, Mike, and Sean McVay was the tight ends coach. Now they're in the same division and go head to head with a spot in the Super Bowl on the line. Here is Kyle Shanahan on the familiarity of this matchup that he has
4: dominated. You know each other so well. So it's, you know, we hadn't played Dallas for a while, so it takes a little longer to get a feel for the tape and whatever you watch just as eventually you get through the week you're going to feel different because you soak a team in more and you can't do that in one or two days it takes all week but when you're going against a team like us going against the Rams so them versus us there's not much to soak in we we knew what the tape was going to look like before um, we turned it on
1: yeah this this is big for Sean McVay though you think about his career everything this is the biggest challenge the biggest game in his entire career not even a Super Bowl that he coached against the New England Patriots, given the fact that Matthew Stafford's in, Jared Goff Goff is out, draft picks, just everything, chips in the middle of the table. Sean McVay knows that. He's up all night game planning to try to get the W.
2: Yeah, and then for Kyle Shanahan, you can actually make the case, Max, that it feels like there's more pressure on him, too, because he's dominated Sean McVay. He knows Sean McVay better than anybody. He has his number. Now in the biggest game, do you really have his number?
0: Yeah, I think it's all on McVay, guys. Think about Shanahan. They they moved up to draft a quarterback for the future. If they get to the Super Bowl, the year they do that? (laughs) Versus Shanahan versus McVeigh, all the chips in the middle of the table for this year? One former NFL quarterback behind the times. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willamax on ESPN Radio and ESPN2.
3: so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will & Max podcast.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will & Max, ESPN Radio. So the excellent Mina Kimes mm-hmm. said on first take on Tuesday, and I quote, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the reason they're winning. They're winning with him, but not because of him. He posted the second lowest QBR in 15 years against the Packers. Since joining the Niners, he has two touchdowns and five interceptions in the postseason, she said. These are not advanced statistics. The dude is simply not helping them win. I'd love to push back with Mina. If she said that on, you know, this just in or something, I'd be like, hey, Mina, but what about this, this, and this? But believe me, she'd have a buttoned-up argument. Mina's not playing games. She is paying attention, okay? Now, for some reason, Jeff Garcia was incensed at this and went on a lengthy tirade in a since-deleted Instagram post that went as follows. Key, I'm just going to quote the Instagram post. Just take it away when I'm done, and Jay, please follow, okay? Who the hell is Mina Kimes, and when is the last time she threw a touchdown pass in a game? Garcia asked. Never, ever. Has she ever taken a snap or can truly understand the ability, the mindset, the physical and mental toughness that it takes to play the quarterback position or any position in the NFL? The fact that there are people out there given a platform to talk about something that they have never done is hilarious, and that's how you have to look at her. She's a joke. So let's just laugh at her and support Jimmy Root on our Niners to go out and beat the living blank... Out of one more team, that's what it takes. She will never know that feeling. Can I get an Amen peace?
1: No, you cannot get an Amen peace. You simply, Jeff, lost your damn mind right now. And I'ma be the person that defends meaning. She ain't gotta defend herself because she low hanging fruit for people like you. So you wanna trend, you're gonna trend now. Cause this is the morning show, the top show in the mornings. And I got two partners, Jay Will and Max Kellerman. They got all sorts of Twitter follows and everything. So you're going to get what you're looking for, attention. First of all, you attacking a woman about her opinion on something she certainly knows about, which is sports. All it is is an opinion. And she's not wrong. We all know. You didn't come at me. You didn't go at Dan Orlovsky. You didn't go at Marcus Spears or Stephen A or countless analysts on many platforms across sports that had the same conversation about Jimmy G. You know why? Because you you're a sucker for even doing something like that. It's ridiculous, and you owe Mina an apology. She may not even accept it, but think about this for a minute. Does this mean that Becky Hammond shouldn't coach the San Antonio Spurs, and give direction to great players in the NBA because she never shot a basketball in the NBA? Does this mean that Jennifer King, who has happened to be a black running back coach, oh, by the way, she's a woman, does this mean she shouldn't be added to Ron Revere's staff in coaching running backs because she's never been hit by a linebacker? You sound simply Stupid. But you didn't attack Terrell Owens when he questioned your character about who you are. You simply left that alone. Because if you would have, you know you would have been challenged differently. So you want to trend, buddy? You going to trend now. People going to talk about you for days now because it's out there. We know who you are. We got a problem with women clearly for whatever reason. You got a problem with it. I'm done with it. That's all I wanted to say. You are a sucker for all I care. That's it.
2: Max, I think that speaks for our show pretty much, if you're asking me. And um, I laugh at it because I've seen Jeff Garcia make comments on politics. And I'm like, oh, so don't have any thoughts on politics. You never performed in politics, Jeff. (laughs) Like, just that same reasoning – (laughs) <laughs> that you're providing for Mina, just make applicable to your damn self. Like, Key spoke for me because I I will light a fire on Jeff Garcia, but Key has spoken for me.
0: You know, a lot of times I, – I mean, I appreciate where you guys Did are coming from. Did we lose from. you, Max? A lot of times
1: – feel like we lost Max here. Can you not hear me? Can't hear him speaking. Can you hear me now? At all, so maybe – there you go. Now?
0: There you go. I got you, you got now, you yeah. now. You got me now. I mean, we yeah. can shut down I, the network. I would say this, guys. I I appreciate the sentiment. I think sometimes when something like this happens, everyone is like, you know, who gets enraged, and then people start yelling at each other, and no one's listening. What Key said that cut through all of it, and I think penetrates any defense. If Jeff Garcia, for example, were to say, "Hey, wait a minute," I just she she's the non-player on the show. Because, Key, people have come at me. What, you've never done this, this, and this? And it's like what Jay said. You know, I've also never, you know, been an elected official. I still have an opinion on politics, right? Absolutely. Right. But but what you said that cut through it is that he chose to go at her. Yes. There are other people opining about football who have never played And who have a similar position on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. But he went at her. And at the very least, given the times in which we are living, where groups who have been marginalized in terms of power, and that includes 50% of the population who are women, are like, hold on, time out. (laughs) Enough, right? The fact that even if, even if... You want to hide behind, like, with some plausible deniability. Well, she happened to be the non-athlete or the non-football player on that show. You have to, at the very least, be aware of how that's going to sound to people when you target the female football analyst, who, by the way, you want to get smart? Listen to Mina. No one's right about everything all the time, but Nina is, Mina is super sharp and is paying attention to Everything
1: detail, knows. to
2: Max, detail, and Max, it, operative word, aware. I yeah, mean, he, that doesn't seem to be a common theme with Jeff Garcia, by the way. Even yeah. what he said about Cam, about Colin Kaepernick. I mean, there's been a consistent theme about lack of awareness I, by I Jeff just, Garcia.
1: It's ridiculous. I I got daughters, and I I'm never gonna tell them not to dream. Period. No
2: doubt. I got three girls myself.
0: All right. Listen, we're all we're all. What do they call them? Uh Dad, dad, girl, dad, girl, dads, girl, girl dads.
2: dads, girl, dads,
0: girl, dads. <laughs> <laughs> Mike McCarthy <laughs> is returning to the Cowboys. Wasn't even the biggest coaching news out of Dallas yesterday. That's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6
4: to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.